This is Sean Six from the Liquid Conversations, and I am here with none other than the voice of rock, Glenn Hughes. How are you doing, sir? I'm fine, Sean. Yourself? (laughs) Very well. I appreciate you taking the time to talk because I know that you are a very busy person, and that was going to be my first question. Do you ever take a break? Oh, uh, of late, no. Um... I'm just super, super busy, more so than I have been in decades, and I am loving that. I'm in great mental and physical shape, so I thought I'd just go for it. Does things get, um, in your opinion, easier as time goes by just because of experience and knowing what to do and what not to do? Oh, it's a great, it's a great analogy. Yes, I do. I also know what not to do, which is really important for me. And, you know, obviously, getting older, and I, I don't hide from the fact that anybody can Google how old I am. The fact is I've lived through it. I've done it. I've had five decades doing this now. And I've seen the weird, the wacky, the wonderful, and the, and the, and the freaky. I've seen it all, <laughs> you know. And um, I really, you know, wouldn't change a thing. I mean, I've rode the crest of the wave, and uh, I've been, been there and done it. And I'm super, super grateful to still be doing what I'm doing. What do you think has kept you going all these years? A lot of faith, truly a lot of faith, uh, a lot of understanding that it's, it, I live in the now, you know, not so much, you know, tomorrow. I try to live in the moment, you know, and it's 24 hours. And it's just 24 hours today for me. It's, that's what, well, I look at it, I shoot for midnight. <laughs> I just do it. I just do it like, you know, I know you've heard it before, but I do it one day at a time with everything I do, everything I do. And um, it, it works for me. I don't try to make too many plans because God has a sense of humor. So <laughs> if, I make, if I make plans, you change those plans. So I just keep showing up. It's interesting that you look at it that way. And, and the reason why I wanted to start off by asking this line of questioning is that we have a tendency now to look at a very romantic image of what we thought a rock star was. Mm-hmm. The idea of it was it was sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It was party all the time. It was the world of excess. And we all kind of romantically loved that idea. Maybe at one time that was the reality. Now it's not the reality anymore. No. And you know that better than probably most I, people. I, I do. And I, what I don't want to do, John... I don't want to glamorize the sex and the drugs and the and the weird stuff because it you know it sells copy yeah it, we all know what it did in the seventies but remember now I lost a lot of my friends people I played with and some of my closest friends are not here because they didn't didn't make it you know they were right. bright intelligent young men and women and uh, they were taken from us because uh, of the uh, the foreplay before the ritual of, of rock and roll which was sex and drugs and and it just you know I I'm so so grateful to have gotten through that 15-year period when I was completely out there, you know. So for me to to change my lifestyle was a a really beneficial thing for me. It was probably a good chunk of getting older and maturity, but also a very large chunk of necessity. It was. um, Look, look, you know, I was talking about my peer group from the early 70s, you know how they are. Right. Most of us, most of us are still here, you know, because some of us aren't, but, um, and, and, and it's incredible to, to and, and my, by the way, 
I'd say 90% of my mates are all now sober. So, <laughs> uh, so it's, it's, um, we all sort of got on the, on the, on the road together to, to, to stay clean and sober. You can't, it's not attractive to see a guy anywhere near my age, you know, drinking Jack Daniels and, and doing lines of coke. It's just not attractive and it's just not good for anybody. And it's like, you know, things have, things have, like necessity, things have to change for me. You know, I, di- I didn't get sober to, to win a prize or to, to have a hit record or to, to I, I, I did it because I couldn't take it anymore. Right. I was beat, I was beat down. The devil had his way with me, and I had enough. I had enough of it. So what I've been doing ever since is, is carrying the message of, of faith, love, and hope, and um, and living a spiritual life. You know, it's great to hear something like that because I think a lot of new artists still kind of hold on to the idea that that's what they have to do, and they don't. Long term, for somebody to actually have a, a successful career and have it be beneficial for them, not only creative but financially, right. they kind of have to get that idea eventually, okay, it was fun while it lasted, but if I want to keep doing this for another 20, 30 years, right. uh, I kind of get my, my stuff together. Yeah, but sure, who, who would have thought a young Glenn Hughes at 21 in, in Deep Purple, he's now talking to you at 67, who would have thought that that would be possible doing the songs I'm doing now? Correct. It's just not fathomable when you're in your early 20s that I'd, you'd still be doing it at this age. And I always think about Mick Jagger and, and the older guys. So, you know, I'm going, if he's still doing it, you know, I, I, got, a, I got a chance here. So <laughs> I always look around to see what Mick's up to and he's still damn pretty good. So, yeah, I mean, you know, like we, we, we rode that wave in the 70s and, and like I say, most of us are still here. By the grace of God. One of the things that you and I both noticed that uh, over a period of our involvement in the music industry, whether it be performing or whether it being on the business side of things, is that the industry's changed a lot, dramatically. Things are just not the same anymore, whether it be what we were just discussing as far as how people mm-hmm. act in the industry, but also how technology has changed the industry a lot, too. With your length of history and your length of experience and involvement, do you think it's easier to be an artist now or back in the 70s when you stepped no, in? No, back in the 70s, from, in my opinion, um, because there's so many different avenues now and ways to, to go about. And, and business is not the same now. No. It was all very straight ahead down. It, back in the day, it was an agent, a manager, uh, a book, uh, uh, you know, promoter, fans and a band, you know? It was simpler. No, there, there was no, no backdrops back in those days. There was no drum rises. There was no lasers. It was just guys in jeans and, 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 and T-shirts and songs. And now it's completely the other way because, we, I guess, what, it's a, it's, a, it's a new age now. It's a whole new... The Internet has completely changed the world, you know. And what I've been doing, subtly been doing, is I've been keeping abreast of it all with my, with my team. Right. And, and trying to stay as relevant as humanly possible in today's age. And, and keep up with what's going on with these whippersnappers out there. <laughs> and you doing that is a smart move, but to be fair, you also are still trying to perpetuate what made music so great then, about a simpler time where it was just about a promoter, a band, uh, a venue, and, you know, some of that now kind of gets kicked to the curb, kind of gets blown over in the wash of electronic uh, static, I call it. Right. 
and you're still even though you're you're trying to remain relevant you're trying to keep up with the times you're also still trying to utilize the same rock and roll values the same good music values the same hard work values that you mm-hmm. employed in the 70s correct yeah i mean yeah i've, I've just you know i think sobriety has really saved my life because um a lot of years ago when I, I i found myself in betty ford i just wanted to change my life and i would have been dead if i hadn't have done that right and and you know for me it's it, people know my story and 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 you know I, i'm just spiritually inclined you know and again most of my friends are you know the of gone through it, you know, right. and, and um, it's, 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 a, it's very important for me to carry that message. Well, this gives me a perfect spot to kind of flash forward a little bit to one of the reasons why we're talking today is that you are on to a new journey in your life, and that is having a particular tour, a particular mm-hmm. new exposure mm-hmm. to music, and it is your version of performing classic hits of Deep Purple. Now, all the stuff we've been talking about right up to this moment, yes, you had an experience in Deep Purple. Yes, it probably forged a lot of your life going forward, but now you have a different mindset looking back to some of those songs. Do those songs mean something completely new to you now than they did in the 70s when you were first performing them? Partly, yes, because obviously I'm a different guy now. Right. Uh, I'm an, the architect of those songs and was there in the room when we were writing the songs. And, and you know, all, all these years later, the, these songs are classic songs, and I may be the only one in NV Purple, the, the, the guys that are still, you know, out there, that are playing this particular set list. Right. So it's important for me to to let people know this is happening and we're going global. This is a two-year tour, Sean. Right. We're nine months into it and so to play these songs uh, to the best of my ability is to go back in time and, 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 and get into the roots of what the songs were about and the vibe and everything. And it's really important to do that. Yeah, and you're trying to represent the live aspect of it, too. Not so much what people remember as the studio version of it. You're trying to recreate or just inform people or get people to experience what it was like to be there when it actually happened, that time, that time frame. And that's an amazing thing because I think the idea of the live show with technology and how our society approaches music now is kind of lost on some of the current generation. They, they're they more inclined to actually almost want to see it on a video screen, whether it be five or six inches on their mobile device or on a computer right. screen watching YouTube. You're saying, hey, this is what made this music so special to begin with, and I want you to experience it now. That's right. It's important for me. I, again, you know, um, having been not, not, I mean, I'm not the man I was in the 70s, and people say to me, how come you can sing better now than you did in the 70s? That's what a lot of people say. And right. I'm sort of, oh, well, yeah. Well, I, it's very obvious for me. I mean, I, number one, I wasn't, um, I was overserved at the bar, wasn't I? <laughs> and, and, you know, it's difficult to sing when you're inebriated or if you're a little high. So right. in my case, quite a lot high. So it's, it's simple for me. You know, it, it, the journey started for me when I got sober and I've been carrying that, that message ever since. You know, and I'm glad that you said the journey aspect of it because it almost seems like to me, maybe 
maybe when all that stuff happened in your new outlook on life and getting to this point now where you're performing these these hits, these classics, and how you see them and how you want to interpret them, mm-hmm. the journey starts now almost. Mm-hmm. This is a different era. You're into a different world of music. It's not what maybe you remember back then. You're a different person. You Life has went progressed on. And I think that that's good because it's like you're an artist looking at a painting with a completely different set of eyes. I, I absolutely I agree with you, and it's exactly the way I feel about it. Yeah, it's a different realm for me. It, you know, when we were in our 20s, we just thought, hey, you know, this is going to last forever. Of course, you know, then a guy dies in the band and that changes the form. And, right. And then, you know, things start changing, you know. You're not supposed to die when you're 25, for God's sake. Right. You know, did that get, did, did that get my attention? Well, of course it did, but did he, get my, did he really get my attention? Of course it didn't. I had to go out and do some more trudging, more drinking and more cavorting. <laughs> and, of course, uh, I uh, was one of the lucky ones to to grab hold of the side and go, hey, I surrender, this is killing me. So I just hope that message is clear to the youngsters today because there's so many different ways you can get stoned these days and, uh, you know, it's just a different entity out there. Well, I had somebody once tell me that one of the best ways in their mind to actually get high was off the music itself. Mm-hmm, that's right. And I don't want it to sound cliche, and I don't want this, you know, to end up being a kumbaya moment or something along those lines. But really, there's an essence to that. And I think every artist, every person who writes music or performs music and has experienced both sides of the coin, the bad side of the coin with the excess and the substances right. and the good side of the coin with the sobriety and a better outlook on life, can appreciate that even more, that the music is really the main drug as far as what we want to consider it theoretically. Mm-hmm. It was always about these. I, I, look, Sean, I didn't get into this back in the day to drink and meet girls and to carry on. I just wanted to be a musician, which I was. Right. You know, and I became successful. I, and then you, all of a sudden you're on the TV and you've got this and you've got that and you're, you're hanging out with this dude and you're doing this. And it's all happened so bloody quick. And, you know, for me, being put up there. Uh, there's always a backside to every story. There's only one way to go when you've been to the top. You got to come down, you know. And some of us don't come down appropriately. Very, I very true. Down, you know, and it's like I, again, I'm one of the lucky ones because um, some of my friends didn't, and it was, just blew my mind. You know, it still blows my mind. Glenn, I want to applaud you on on doing this, uh, truthfully, because what you're doing now with how Deep Purple meant to you and the remembrance that you have and trying to instill on a younger generation and even on to people that remember it from then. People are of the age that remember it. They were there. They experienced it. But due due to the amount of time that's passed by, you want to remind them saying, hey, this is why this music was so phenomenal and still is. I applaud you for that because I think a lot of artists now have a tendency, if they're revisiting their their youthful past as far as their artistry, it doesn't mean quite the same as I'm interpreting it does for you. I, I, I get an overwhelming urge that you couldn't be any more truthful and heartfelt about this than maybe you were when you started in music way back when. Mm-hmm. No, I'm really, um, you know, I say it's, uh, I'm reflecting here. <laughs> 
about what, what what I used to be like and what I'm like now. There's no way. I'll, okay, let's talk about one guy. Let's talk about two guys. And I say this with, with respect because Lemmy's a, a great friend of mine. Correct. Lemmy and Keith Richards are the two guys. And I say this out of history that but burn that bloody, burn it down, and, you know, all the way through their lives. And there's not very many men or women that could do that, you know. Correct. And carry on and carry on. And I say that with, with, with a bit of, with, with a, a smile on my face because Lemmy was, amazing human being and um it's not one i I can't glamorize you know i can't glamorize drugs and alcohol because it's just not pretty and my job if i have a job is to let people know the real real deal it's just you know that 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 jack daniels bottle and that joint on stage it's just not right it might look right to you but trust me it's not right glenn i want to ask you a question now this tour of you doing the Glenn Hughes classic hits of Deep Purple, performing the classic right. hits of Deep Purple. Uh, and I know that you have to say that specifically because of <laughs> the, the legalities of it and so on and so forth. Right. All the business right. side of music that none of us really want to even think about half the time. But the fact that you're doing this, if I'm going to ask you one question, what would you say to people out there listening is something that fans will expect to experience when they go to see you do this? Um, it's a very live show. It's not a, like a wrapped up in a pink bow kind of show. It's aggressive and it's 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 you bluesy. It's raw. You know, it's uh, I got great musicians playing with me, and it's. It's just not fly by the seat of your pants stuff, you know. Perfect. The way I love it, um, I've always had carried that with me. I, I've never been one to to really be a, a prim and proper singer. I'm, I've always been edgy and bluesy, and right. and my bass playing. I'm very an edgy bass player, so you know I'm bringing that with me. You've never been one to shy away from doing something that was slightly risky. In other words. Mm-hmm. Thank God. <laughs> Glenn, I, I really look forward to you coming here to perform in Boston. You're going to be performing on September 19th at the Wilbur here in Boston. It's a historic small theater, and to have your presence there is going to be phenomenal. Oh, yeah. I love Boston, by the way. I have a lot of friends there, and it's going to be an amazing evening, and I can't wait to see you all. Well, and I'll ask you before I let you go. Everybody, including myself, wants to know, beyond this, beyond you finishing the, the U.S. leg of this tour and going on to other countries to to continue on playing with this tour what else is in the works for glenn in the future you're involved in all um, kinds of other projects um honestly it, there's a lot of irons in the fire but it would be probably inappropriate for me to tell you what may happen or may not happen because if it doesn't happen i'll look like a fool so there are things cooking but i, I never really announced anything until it's confirmed all I can say to everybody what you're seeing me do in Boston is what I'm going to be doing for the next year at least so okay. maybe longer so I'm onto something with this and I don't want to let the uh, I, I want to let let it continue because it's, it's going really well people are coming out to see this show excellent so long may that continue excellent Glenn I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and I can't wait to see you when you come here to Boston me either shock I'll shake your hand thank you kindly The Liquid Conversations podcast is brought to you by Dirtbag Clothing. Wear it till it stinks.